You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! There is a monster in Central City. Yes, the monster. Triangulate the signal. Okay, let's just triangulate. Barry, we're going to do Empire. Empire of the Sun, Barry. What? Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back, Barry. Nobody seems the wiser as to why I'm here. There's something about him. Come on, you can't just go through his stuff. It's trust. Not something that you have on this earth. Another episode of the legendary Flashing Arrows of Tomorrow, where each week Glenn and I sit down to discuss the DC triple shot on the CW. Hello, Glenn. Cubs win! Yeah, Cubs win! Uh, so, here's the thing. I have to talk to uh, Aurora, or Jacqueline, or Jillian. Uh, since... Hold it, Jillian. Since the... Uh, well, I mean, Jacqueline and Jillian are still producing... Really? Their She's like Costa Rica or something. That. I, I don't know the logistics of it, but they are still releasing their show. Well, I uh, say that. Talk to Ben, and he lives yeah, on the not, other side of the world. Yeah, it's not impossible. We manage every now and again. Um, that being said, uh, I believe they recorded uh, an episode for the first two episodes of Supergirl, and since then, nothing. So I'm not sure if they just do not have the time to do this. I'm going to have to find out, because if they do not... Uh, chances are Glenn and I will not be picking up the Great Escape podcast, but uh, that just means when they do the mega crossover, we're just going to do one episode of the Legendary Flashing Arrows of Tomorrow in which we discuss all four episodes. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about the three shows that we have to talk about this week, though, from The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. And we're going to kick it off. With The Flash, Season 3, Episode 5, called Monster. Uh, without informing others, Caitlin visits her estranged mother, Carla. And more on her later, at her medical research company to have her powers examined. But leaves after viciously attacking another scientist who intends to exploit her powers. It's a problem with powers. Uh, exploitation, Glenn. Meanwhile, a gigantic creature repeatedly appears and disappears on the streets of Central City. Cisco grows suspicious of the newly recruited H.R. Wells. Uh, that H.R. probably also should have been a bit of a giveaway and makes much more sense uh, with the revelation we get later in the episode. Uh, when he does not provide much help in battling said monster. The hmm. we'll talk about the monster in a second. Barry, uh, I actually no, I think we'll we'll talk about it now. Uh, the monster is revealed. Cloverfield. What was that, Glenn? Oh, Cloverfield. No, the monster is not. Well, it kind of looked like the Cloverfield monster. No, did you not see J.J. Abrams' name in the producers? 
list. Was that a? Was it? I, d- I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah, he's in there. This is part of his Cloverfield franchise that he's building. The monster. This Boy, is pre. This is preceding God Particle. Uh, the monster is revealed to be simply a hologram, operated by a bullied fifteen-year-old boy. Uh, I'm sorry, but he did not look like a 15-year-old kid. No, he looked like 23 or something. Yeah, he did. That was, uh, I was really perturbed. 15 going on 30. Uh, <laughs> he wanted to create fear in others. It was uh, Mark Ruffalo. You sound you sounded incredibly close to the microphone, by the way. Oh, sorry. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> taking, taking care of our technical stuff as we record. That's how the professionals do it. Uh, Barry exposes this deception in enough time to keep police snipers from harming civilians because the bullets would just pass through this thing. Uh, and he does it to prevent Julian from shooting the boy whom he mistakes for a meta-human. H.R. Wells is revealed to have, in fact, no technical knowledge at all. He admits that only that he is only an idea man for his tech company on good old earth 19 and he came to earth one to get material for a novel you see he's also a writer this hr wells uh the team decides to give him a chance however to prove his worth as an assistant uh and a badly shaken julian reconciles his differences with barry carla informs caitlin that her powers are increasing and that she needs to stop using them or her condition will become irreversible just as she starts uncontrollably using her powers whoops uh glenn what did you think of this monster episode of the flash um i liked it it my favorite part was the part where tom felton was talking about how it's like oh i'm not gonna give you a sob story i just don't like him I love that you know sometimes the best motivation is no motivation at all it's just no I don't like them they're wasting their gifts Um, I liked that it was was, that was pretty solid I thought there was an amazing dichotomy in this episode between Tom Felton whom I thought was great in this episode and that scene at the end where he's kind of pouring his heart out to Barry a little bit uh was great and he was he may have been the best actor on this show whereas uh, at least for this episode and whereas by contrast whoever the woman is who played caitlin's mother she was was terrible unbelievably bad hated it so much and we we've often called the uh the caitlin character one of the at least at least uh in previous seasons she was kind of just a superfluous and she was uh the acting for that character was not also particularly great she also felt like the weak link she feels like the weakest link in the show yeah uh but i'll tell you what the actress who played her mom made her look like meryl streep uh (laughs) was just she was bad everybody um and i will say this uh i saw the the trailer for this episode last week and I was so fucking excited. I'm like, a giant fucking monster? Awesome. And then it's literally the story is that it was a bullied kid who wanted to make other people feel scared. So he made a hologram of a big monster. I could not have been more let down, Glenn. It was, I loved it. I, I, I loved I it. I didn't care for it. And it but. Because there's, there's a Green Lantern comic book that is almost this exact same plot. 
Really? Mm-hmm. From the 60s. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a big yellow monster, so he, he's wondering why he can't fight it, because of the color yellow. Because of the color. Yes. But then he realizes it's the hologram. Uh, yeah, this, uh, this didn't do anything for me. I wanted a giant monster fight. I was really disappointed I didn't get one. Uh, but, you know, that being said, it was a really big CGI monster that actually looked pretty decent. Yeah, it looked, it didn't look terrible. The fact that it looked decent also probably speaks to the fact that it, we didn't see very much of it in this episode because it was a hologram and it would appear and disappear. Oh, they gotta save that for King Shark money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I thought they were doing that. I'm like, wow, they're putting King Shark money into this thing, but uh, <laughs> they 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 did not. They teased us, and uh, I was I was not pleased. But uh, yeah, outside of outside of that, to me, the only real saving grace of this episode was was Tom Felton, who was clearly uh, alchemy. However, I have revised my opinion that I I don't think he's necessarily alchemy. Right now, as we see him, I think maybe he's like becomes alchemy at some point, mm. and is like uh, the alchemy we see is like from the future or some shit like that, or like a speed mirage of sorts. Yeah, something along those lines. Because after this, like, it's hard for me to to make sense of the fact that he's the bad guy because that was too. Uh, I mean, unless he's like an amazing bullshit artist, but it didn't, it doesn't, and he knows that Barry's the Flash. Uh, it could be that, but it, it would just be like, a really bad red herring. Yes, uh, it seems like he's not. It seems like he's the person who would turn into alchemy at some point, and we're seeing alchemy from another point in time or Speed Mirage or something along those lines. Uh, but yeah, that was. I hate to say it, but that was kind of it for me with this episode. I liked Tom Felton, and everything else was kind of just. I mean, there. they didn't do a whole lot. But I was I not big. Like... At, I was I was not big at all on the. Uh, you I, like I fairy making breakfast. I kind of like the. I mean, I kind of like the idea of Cisco sort of becoming like the team, like the Star Labs leader. But I also thought it was kind of dumb that they went through all, jumped through all those hoops to get. Uh, another Harrison Wells on the show, and he's just some dumbass guy. Yeah, uh, I like Tom Cavanaugh in it though. I think I'm, he's he's doing solid jobs. Yeah, he's having fun. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, he's totally hamming it up, which I like. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not compl- I like it. Like he just has little drums, sticks, and <laughs> kind of like he's just such a douche. Got his stuff to play with. <laughs> uh, do you have any more to add, or do you want to go to the score? Um, yeah, I like. I mean, it wasn't in a lot. It, to me, it's not necessarily reflecting on the score at all, but I do like the little sprinkling of how they're handling Barry and Iris. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I'm only bringing it up because of the sprinkling that they, they do in Arrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, which constantly reminds me of how much better it is on Flash. Yeah, yeah, which is, yeah, that's the only reason why I bring it up. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, yeah, my score, uh, I'm going to probably say, like, a three. Like, it wasn't, it was just... Meh. I mean, I just kind of watched it. I gave it a three as well. It was an episode. I was hoping for more. Give me big monsters, CW. That's what I want. All right. Yeah, what's uh, happening next week? I can't really remember. Oh. Um, I don't recall either. No. Nope. Uh, I'll mention the episode title, though. Uh, and, we're, and we're close to the crossover, which is... Uh, starts November 29th. Shit. So that's close. Uh, all right, let's talk about season five of The Arrow. 
Episode 5, Human Target. We are going to find Renee, and we're not going to give up hope while we're doing it. You're safe, Renee. Nothing can hurt you. Is this going to be one of those hippy-dippy meditation things? Eyes closed. He knows you're Oliver Queen. I thought you were hired to kill the Great Arrow. Nope. You're going to kill the Mayor. Rescues Renee against <laughs> my better judgment. Uh, who tells him that he gave up on Green Arrow's true identity to Church. Church plans to kill Oliver as the mayor, um, as the mayor instead of the vigilante. Diggle rejoins the team and recommends a bodyguard Christopher Chance, aka the Human Tarjay, to help them. Christopher impersonates Oliver at City Hall and takes the mayor's, uh, and takes, fakes the mayor's death uh, when Church's mercenaries attack. The team realizes that Church plans to consolidate the drug trafficking of five cities through Star City, needing Green Arrow, uh, uh, needing Green Arrow eliminated for his plans to succeed. Oliver and his team, joined by Diggle and Christopher, raid Church's meeting and capture him and uh, I guess other crime lords. It says other crime lords here. They're the less important crime lords. Uh, Oliver publicly claims that he faked his death and that it was part of a sting operation. Prometheus, who is uh, yet another a long line of uh, hooded bad guy archers, kills Church during transport, despite Church telling him Green Arrow's identity. Television reporter Susan Williams obtains evidence that he was in Russia during the time that he was supposedly stranded on the island. And meanwhile, Oliver finds out that Felicity is dating a man named Billy Malone, a police detective recently assigned to the anti-crime unit. In flashbacks, Oliver is ambushed by other Bratva members. However, the men are killed by Christopher, whom Anatoly had hired to protect Oliver. Your thoughts on the human target? I actually didn't completely hate the flashbacks. Mostly because I like Anatoly. Yep, uh, he is good. He's cool. He's fun. Uh, it was nice to see the guy from Jessica Jones. <laughs> Glad he's getting work. Is he the cop? Yeah, the cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He was the human target. Uh, I don't quite know who the other hired gun is that Church had. Mm-hmm. Uh, my biggest problem with the whole he knows who you are thing is every time church is torturing him it's not just church there yeah it's like six seven eight other guys yes they are all alive mm-hmm. as far as we know <laughs> so i just thought that was really bad writing <laughs> What, on this show? I actually kind of wanted to like this episode. Like, as it's kind of gone, I mean, besides, I know it kind of gets spoiled right at the beginning. But really, if you just forget the whole he told Church's identity thing, there were a lot of things I actually enjoyed in this episode. I don't know why. I just, there was just things I was like, oh, this isn't bad. This isn't bad. 
and then it just does the things that we hate. One thing I know you didn't like, Glenn, was when Felicity starts dating this Billy Malone character, and Oliver is upset enough that he's willing to go to her house in the middle of the night and be like, hey, why didn't you tell me you were dating someone? Like, what the fuck, guy? You've been broken up for forever. She doesn't have to tell you when she's dating somebody. Am I missing something here, Glenn? I mean... This is this is not as egregious as when Felicity was going to leave Oliver. No, 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 no. That her that is I will never understand that. Um, no, that that isn't the part that bothered me. It was the fact that he did it while he is trying to go along with this plot. Of, oh yeah, that he's dead. Of him being dead. Like if she, I mean, it's not so much that I think he just wanted to know because they're friends mm-hmm. you know of sorts or whatever i think they're trying it's just think... it was odd that that's the way they confronted like I... if it was just in a lab like hey why don't you tell me you had a new boyfriend Quite like frankly, that would have to me would have been more natural versus hey i'm gonna go to this girl's house and sh- tell her that i don't it's not that big a deal i don't really care but i'm just gonna show up on her stoop in the middle of the night Quite frankly, like, Glenn, I, I don't want to jump to conclusions here, but I feel like they're just terrified of losing the Olicity crowd that exists on like Tumblr and shit like that. I feel like they are scared of losing this crowd. Therefore, open. Yes, therefore they feel like planting tiny seeds and continuing the will they won't they storyline that has been going on for five years. <sighs> anyway, I'll tell you what, Glenn. You're not Ross and Rachel. He, 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 We're not even JD and uh, other Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, they, uh, <laughs> Elliot, you mean? Elliot, yeah. Elliot. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, the reason why he went to go do this, it's because this whole sting operation about him faking his death was not nearly as important as finding out why uh, Felicity didn't tell Oliver that she's dating another person. Clearly this whole faking his death thing and catching this church motherfucker nowhere near as important as finding out why didn't you tell me you were dating somebody else despite the fact that we are not a couple anymore and we were broken up and we were free to see other people but you gotta still tell me. Yeah, that really see, like, made I'm, me really hate Oliver Queen. I'm, I'm fine like with him asking the question. like that. that to me it, it's the setting. Like I said, yeah. if, if they're just or she just goes to the lab. Even if it's amongst this whole thing with church, like it would have bothered me less. But the fact that he right. goes out of his way, you're right. That's, I mean, that's what her, really bothers me. You're right, and her answer is actually not that bad because she's like, oh. "I didn't know if this thing is really a thing. I didn't want to bring it up unless it, yeah, you know, really was." That makes perfect sense. But the fact that he felt the need to go out of his way during this crucial time in their yeah. plan to ask the question, I think that is, in fact, I wasn't sure why it really bothered me so much, and I think what the the way in which it bothered you you pointed it out sir i think you nailed it that is what was driving me mad that he took the time out of this this plan and uh in which he had to fake his death and he's the mayor <laughs> jesus christ it's not like it's not like oh somebody spotted the arrow it's somebody spotted the mayor of this town who is supposed to be dead uh you're right, Glenn. I, li- I like the Prometheus killing church scene at the end. That was that was cool. awesome. <laughs> that was great. I will, I will give them credit for that. You think I want to stay in here and protect you? No, you, you open that door, you're dead. Yes, that was that was pretty great. Uh, so props. 
uh, props to that. But uh, I still hate his costume. I gave this. Uh, Did you see, notice how stiff he was? Like when they Prometheus? do the. Yeah, how he stiff he was. Like, he looks like Rag Guy to me. No, 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 no. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I got super confused earlier the in the season. Rags, yeah. But what I'm talking about, like, so you know, they do that far away shot whenever he kills Church and he's like, we're good. And he turns around and walks. Mm-hmm. He looked so goofy. <laughs> like, he looked like he was hold like. He looked like he was about to shit his pants, and he was holding in. Like he looked like looked like he had a really clenched butthole. And the only thing that would have made it more perfect is if you had the uh, the tight leather sound as you're walking. Yeah, I mean that's what it looked though. It looked like it was really tight, and uncomfortable on him. It was funny. <laughs> um, so I gave this one uh, two and a quarter. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, probably. I'll... Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, two, two and a quarter. That's that's about. Come on, and they were they were on such a solid, you know, okay, a, a solid passable. three geeky glasses run. <laughs> they were doing okay. Tell you what, uh, let's talk about legends instead. Let's move on. Let's talk about season two, episode four of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. It's called. Abominations. We're going back in time to the Civil War. When we get to the Union Army, you let me do the talking. It's okay. You do the talking. Those Confederates look a lot like... Don't, don't, don't say it! A horde of zombies is headed your way. Zombies? Please, zombies? That can't be a good thing. What is a zombie? team learns of a time pirate who is stranded in 1863 Mississippi, which places them right in the middle of the old civil war. And upon arriving, they encounter a, a man of African-American descent named Henry Scott, who is being chased by Confederate soldiers who are zombies. Although don't tell Professor Stein that. Don't tell him zombies. He does not like that term. Uh, but they turned into zombies, Glenn, and it was from a virus carried by the Time Pirate. The zombies attacked the group. Let's do the Time Pirate again! <laughs> the zombies attacked the group and managed to defeat them, but Henry Scott is killed, but before his death, Henry reveals that he is a Union spy assigned to steal Confederate battle plans from the Death Star for... or something, for General Grant... Uh, he asked Jefferson. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, they're because they are the Empire. <laughs> <laughs> he asked Jefferson to complete the mission on his behalf. The team discovers that Mick Rory is infected with the virus and thus preventing him from doing a lot of quips and funny lines in this episode. Maybe they ran out of out out of them and yeah, they're kind of like oh yeah, 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 this week we gotta we gotta we gotta space this out. Uh, they return him to the Wave Rider. Uh, Ray and Martin remain behind and ultimately manage to cure him. Sarah and Nate go to warn Grant about the zombies while Jefferson and Amaya attempt to steal the plans. Jefferson, posing as a servant, runs afoul of a plantation owner played by Leonardo DiCaprio and is locked up. Amaya soon frees him, along with many other prisoners, and they find the plans uh, for Grant... Uh, 
And they burned down the mansion in a scene that was presumably also directed by Quentin Tarantino. Uh, during this, I'm I'm convinced that they decided to do this episode after watching Django. I'm just convinced. Uh, and then add in zombies, because why not? Uh, <laughs> they burned down the mansion during the zombie attack. Meanwhile, Grant's camp is also attacked by the zombies. Uh, Sarah formulates a successful plan to kill them using Nate's powers. Jefferson, posing as Scott, gives the plans to Grant, which will ensure a Union battle victory. And we also see a grateful, at least so far as McRory can be grateful, uh, decides to give Ray Palmer, who is without powers at the moment, without a suit, he gives him Captain Cold's cold gun. And Ray is, uh, he is honored, Glenn. What did you make of this Abominations episode? You know, I'm sure people are really tired of us always talking about how much we love DC Legends, and it just seems like they can't do anything wrong. It was the best show this week. <laughs> I, well, it, no, it was good. Now we're not agreeing. Okay. I did not like this episode at all. No. Nothing worked for me. And I, and a lot of it is not this show's fault. Um, to me, the goofy slapstickness of this show, it, mm-hmm. it just it didn't work for me at all in this episode. Okay. Um, and it, and you made a lot of those you referencing Django Unchained, and a lot of it has to do with that because, mm-hmm. as a lot of podcasts ago, when Aaron and I talked about Django Unchained, he was he was like, "Oh, I never really thought of Django that way." And it's Django Unchained is a very momentous movie, yes. though their depiction of slavery is is incredible, and I think this show tried to go there, which I give it a lot of kudos, you know. I give it a lot of chops for that mm-hmm. um, because it, you wouldn't expect the show to, to actually even try and go there in a lot of cases. Yes. Um, I mean, given what given what channel it's on, like I, I give it a lot of credit for kind of even pushing its own network's boundaries on, on how they're going to handle this. Uh, it felt as unflinching as they could be. Yeah. But it just, a lot of it just didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I, I just... The costumes, this is the first time it just really felt fake. Like it felt like a prop shop. Oh yeah, because everybody's Civil War era uniforms looked like they came straight from the dry cleaners. Yeah. They looked perfect and pressed and neat and nice. And I know that, uh, I'm sure they start out looking like that, but I'm sure after a few battles, they start looking tattered. And the thing that like, Lucas Grant was a raggedy haggard man of a drunk and like this guy clean shaven like, well not yeah. clean shaven but he was a good looking dude very trimmed dapper guy he was a cw general grant and i i didn't mind him i actually liked the guy who played grant i just mm. he it, everything it Didn't really capture too him. clean everything yeah. looked too clean to me that's that stuck to me as well i'll, I'll say this um but i, I know think... i probably shouldn't discredit it for that but it just really bothered me no, I mean, it stuck out to me as well. Uh, in fact, I, I mentioned this out loud uh, with my daughter who was watching this with me. I was like, yeah, these uniforms look, like, way too brand new. Like, that, they don't look worn at all. Like, they look like they took them off the rack at the, at the, whatever the costuming department is or whatever. They were brand new and people forgot to age them up or something. Uh, but yeah, I, I still think this was the best show of the week, but I also don't disagree with you. 
Um, this was definitely not this show's best effort. Uh, far I thought zombies it. looked okay. Yeah, zombies. zombies I actually okay. thought McRory as zombie McRory was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the one thing that bothered me is whenever he got the element of surprise on Ray Palmer, why he didn't automatically start eating him. That yes. really bothered me. Uh, well, he's not a very good zombie. But... Well, it was just like when Stein opens it, I was thinking like, oh, maybe we just cut and you didn't see Ray Palmer give him a good old spray. Yes. You know, that that's what bothered me. But I did love it when he's on top of him. He's like, am I trying to kiss you? And he's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> if it was only that, you know, that kind yes. of thing. Uh, I mean, to, to me, the saving graces of this episode were I liked the... I liked I liked Dixon. Um, yeah, I guess she didn't really stand out that much to me. I, I, uh, enjoyed... I, well, I, I, her scenes with Jefferson is what I liked. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed the scene where Mick gave Ray, uh, Lenny's gun. Yep. Uh, I thought that was, that was, uh, cool. And, uh, I guess pun intended. And, uh, I guess as touching a moment as Mick Rory will, uh, will ever have on this show. Uh, I enjoyed that. And I enjoyed the... Uh, the scene after Jefferson was captured and chained up, and he's talking to uh, the other people uh, chained up, and he can't fathom how they haven't gone insane. And many uh, people yeah. probably would in the situation that those people uh, were in. Uh, I, I think all of that stuff was was pretty great. Yeah, I couldn't believe they like the I line th- that that the lady has talking about. Oh, they came back and they cut off their manhood i was like oh Oh, yeah 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 oh that's not where i was expecting it no and then they and then when they ended it on the the song that the slaves were singing uh the way they they ended the show with that i thought was like a a nice touchstone but other than that you were correct this was not this is not the best that this show can do maybe it's because they they shut mcrory's mouth for most most of it and he didn't get to have as much fun uh, the idea in general, though, was a little, just a little weird. This is just, th- this was like almost the definition of a filler episode. A random yeah. time pirate who has no real bearing on the episode just happens to land here and cause is sick or something and causes some zombies and they have to, they have to solve a mini problem before they go on and do another thing. It was just there. Just an episode. Yeah, I mean, the show, like, I didn't actually, I, mean, I didn't. I'm making it sound like I really hated it. Mm-hmm. The thing I, I didn't like the plot or the story of this episode, but right. the thing that I've really enjoyed of Legends and and Flash especially is there's always certain things I can really point out that I like that they did with the characters. Like you were talking about mixed moment. Like they're really good about just these small little kernels mm-hmm. to add add layers on to these characters to where. You can still tell, like, you know, Mick's still Mick. Like, he's still a character, bad guy, you know, kind of thing. But, like, they're, they're doing a good job of showing him as a heart of gold. and it, But they're not making it to where, like, he has to be, like, Leonard Snart's, you know, his character arc. Like, it's totally different. Mm-hmm. But it is, it, it's more like him opening up kind of deal, kind of way. And I, I really appreciate that. But I, yeah, just the plot of it was just... I didn't like it at all. And I was really excited because it was just like, yeah, Civil War and Zombies. Like, oh, this will be really fun. Yeah, how can that not be great? And it was just kind of like they... It's just there. It, yeah, they they spent a lot of time talking to the other people I didn't really care about. Yeah. 
And I I don't know about Steel. I do and don't like him at the same time, and I guess that's probably the point. Yeah. I don't same like man. the whole like having him pairing off with Sarah all the time. I uh I would exchange him in a heartbeat for any one of the Hawk people. Yeah. Any either of them at this point would be Also, a... it's kind of weird cuz they were sh- okay, not weird. It's just really odd. So next week they show a clip and it's Vixen and, and Palmer in the in the car again. Mm-hmm. And you know, they kind of had their moment when they first met in the in the Justice League episode or Justice Society episode. It's odd that they're they're really pairing up with uh, with women of color with Ray Palmer. It's two in a row now. They are indeed. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of funny, and I was kind of hoping that they were gonna have like maybe Vixen and, and Mick kind of be a thing because it just would have been more comical and like definitely <laughs> it wouldn't have hurt when they would have been separated. You know what I mean? Like it just would have you could it would oh it's gonna be a fling. Like if she's like <laughs> we're gonna you know, she's like oh I'm kind of done with you. He's like all right. I um, am kind I'm of done with you done too. Like it would have just to me it just would have been funnier. I am morbidly I am morbidly curious to see what a McRory uh love like love interest would would look like. Like how that how that would play out like a romance for him on TV, how that would play out. Uh where they still keep him true to who he is. I think that would be interesting, but I don't know how I mean it would take uh, some 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 skill I think to uh, to make it work. Uh so a score they give him Katana. That'd be cool. <laughs> oh, that might work. Yeah, no. I get this one uh, three and a quarter. Three, you said three and a quarter? Yeah, I'm going to say like uh, like two and three fourths. Oh, wow. So you went the, you went the opposite yeah. route. Yeah. Better than Arrow, but not as good as Flash. So this was a week, Glenn. Yeah. It not the best week for these shows. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing. I, I mean, if I'm going to use the arrow scale for DC Legends and the Flash, then these are like fours. But <laughs> um, in all actuality, no, they just on the curve. Yeah, uh, I mean, and it, and it was hard because this is a week where I've also watched uh, Doctor Strange and two more episodes of Luke Cage, uh, and all of those things were infinitely better than any of the shows I watched this week. So. <laughs> uh, Try harder next week, DC. Uh, all right, so we're going to head on out of here. But before we do, I urge you, I implore you to go to cinemageekly.com. And if you have not done it yet, if you want to play catch up, you can go do so and listen to all of the previous legendary Flashing Arrows of Tomorrow, all the way back to when it was just the Flashing Arrow podcast. Uh, but don't stop there. We've got a bunch of other shows that are currently ongoing right now outside of the main podcast. We've got. Here, The Walking Dead. We've got the Podcasters of Shield. Uh, there's definitely been enough MCU movies that we'll probably end up doing a flawed and decisive sometime before Infinity War comes out. I guess where we <laughs> determine the greatest Marvel movie from the MCU because there are more than enough now uh, to do the tournament. In fact, there might be enough to do like the mega tournament uh, where we we double the size of the brackets or something like that. There are definitely a bunch of them. I think like fourteen or something at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes that is where you can go uh to check out all of our other shows and of course you can subscribe to this show on itunes and google play music just search for flashing arrow and hit subscribe and that is it for this week glenn and i will return to discuss next week's episodes season three of the flash episode six called shade season five episode six of arrow called so it begins 
and Season 2, Episode 5 of Legends of Tomorrow, called Compromised. <laughs>